0: Hello, TTB community. I am Bob Demena. and here with me, as always, is the incredibly hunky-dory Elliot Shibley.
1: Hunky-dory. I love it.
0: Yeah. So each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. If you're listening to this right now and you have some interesting travel news that you would like us to discuss, please either send us an email at travelersblueprint at gmail.com or send us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. And we'll incorporate that into the next Travel Bytes episode. We've had previous guests do that before, and we really enjoy it.
1: And this month is our Travel Bites episode. So getting into that, we have uh, some TSA pre-check items. We've got taxes for dig- digital nomads, a gun in a Florida TSA checkpoint. Airbnb is becoming more transparent about prices, which is fantastic for us travelers why people would rather go hungry than buy food in an airport terminal which we've all experienced and then we talk about moms traveling with babies and then we get into the happiest state in the u.s and also a subset of that is the best places to retire according to a specific website travel tip of the week is before traveling check out who to tip.net and click on your destination for insight on how much and when to tip. This is very helpful. And I know we've talked about this with Amanda Kendall before, who is an Australian and is very confused when she comes to the US. This is a very helpful resource because it talks about not just the US and Australia, but a bunch of other destinations as well. And before we get into the travel bites episode, if you love this podcast and find us interesting and the topics interesting, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. If you love us, we would be forever grateful. If you could subscribe to the show and share some of our social media posts posts Hmm. as a story on Facebook or Instagram. Remember we post clips and images of these podcasts on those social media platforms. So please feel free to share them with all of your friends, family, coworkers, and even your pets. Lastly, please consider some of the cool stuff we offer.
0: How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page. And once you download it, you have it forever. And you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better.
1: To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, Number three, blogs, research, and reviews. Number four, itinerary building. And number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to plan efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure.
0: Yeah. And now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much, or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at travelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip.
1: You want to contribute to the podcast? If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel around table discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at the at gmail.com for the monthly travel bites episode. Support us by wearing us go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the travelers blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us, as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show.
0: Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. This isn't exactly huge savings, but TSA PreCheck is dropping their price from $85 to $78. Now- (laughs) 10%. Yeah, it's- it's it is what it is. I mean, it's not bad. It's it's still a price drop for something that I believe has been $85 for as long as I remember. So Yeah. Um it's actually I, going opposite of inflation. Yeah, right, right. So I I was interested in seeing how much time you could actually save by getting TSA PreCheck, which I don't have. I don't have either. But how much how much time can you save, Bob? So, well, they're saying that you that Ninety-three percent of the pre-check passengers spent less than five minutes at security checkpoints in September. Less than five minutes. So that's what one, two, three, wow. or four minutes <laughs> going through security. <laughs> you're so good at math. Pretty solid. Pretty solid uh, security time. It I, I like that. I, now, if you're traveling enough, it seems to be worth it. There is an annual. Or I'm sorry. A, a every five years, you need to renew the cost, which is seventy dollars. After it that, seems like nothing. No. So if you're traveling enough, yeah, it's like thirteen fifty a year. Right.
1: And it's just, just to lay this out there, if you're paid hourly, like many of us are and wait times are anywhere in the range of 30 to 45 minutes, let's just say that roughly translates to nearly an hour every time you fly for a return trip, which means you get one more hour of your paycheck in your pocket.
0: Yeah. That's a pretty cool way to look at it. Yeah. It does seem to be worth it. I, I, I guess it depends on how many times you fly per year, right? Obviously. So uh, just a handful. And it seems to make sense. Right, I mean, if the
1: total cost is what one hundred and fifty, right. and you fly four times, that seems—I mean, that's four hours worth of your time already. Yeah. yeah, at least.
0: And then only to renew it every five years—not a bad deal. I actually need to look into that now that I'm—I'm I'm reading it and saying know, it out every, loud.
1: Right, that's why we share it at the end of the year. It's a perfect time to get it.
0: Right. Okay. Next one. This are one, you thinking of moving to a new country? <laughs> <laughs> if you are, check out this product now.
1: Yeah. Um taxes are a they're the bane of you know digital nomads existence and it seems to be becoming more and more difficult a lot of countries are trying to catch up with tax policies for digital nomads i mean you've seen everywhere we've talked about on this podcast about all of the incentives for people to be digital nomads and work in another country but we are seeing um laws come into place that would essentially double tax and not triple tax, but like if you're working at a company in the U S and you're living abroad, you may be taxed for both countries in terms of your income. And a lot of countries are doing this out of, um, you know, a, a cover their own butts because they don't want to, uh, evade the taxes. So they're essentially taxing you there and taxing you at home. And you would have to fight to get your taxes back yeah there's a lot of stuff it is incredibly complicated and if you are a digital nomad living abroad or interested in becoming a digital nomad living abroad with retaining your U.S. citizenship uh we highly suggest you talk to a international tax attorney yeah
0: essentially (laughs) tax advisor the companies that allow people to be digital nomads are not keeping up with the demand to be a digital nomad and to cover their asses like you said they are double taxing It's super confusing. Um, Now, Spain, I did read in this article, introduced legislation just last year in 2021 that um, creates a lower tax rate for certain types of digital nomads who move to Spain and excludes some taxation income earned outside of Spain. So, And it says there's other significant tax benefits that uh, I did not get into, but... Ultimately, it's going to fall on you to talk with your employer and figure out how and how you know what taxes you're supposed to be paying. It's it's such a new era of work being being a digital nomad, especially for you know more office type white collar positions. Yes. So so these companies are just trying to keep up.
1: Yeah. And one of the recent studies showed that knowledge workforce, the knowledge workforce, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. I guess it's like IT, social media, um, and basically anything that you can do at uh, desktop yeah. is 51% will be remote work. Right. Or is yeah. remote.
0: Yeah. Work. Which I even just like 10 years ago, a digital nomad had to be a blogger or yeah. an author. Um, and that's like they really... had
1: to do their own stuff and make their own way, and now exactly right. They had their own... to 50%
0: right.
1: of that workforce, right? Now
0: you wow. have major employers allowing people to be digital nomads, super interesting. So that's that's going to be a, a brand new, expanding uh area. Um, yes, it is. Yep.
1: <laughs> this next one is funny, uh, and you know, got to give it to TSA, they have some of the best social media posts on the internet. And to quote them, the plot chickens. So a transportation security administration found a firearm stuffed inside of a raw chicken at a checkpoint in Florida. Classic Florida,
0: right? Classic Florida. And it's just funny that the person had no idea that the x-ray machine is capable of seeing through organic matter, which is the whole point of it right they have filters so if you ever actually see them looking through the luggage they actually can hit certain buttons that highlight organic matter versus electronic components and so they sift through these filters to sort of view your bag from different perspectives and yeah obviously they're, they're going to see a firearm inside of a chicken um now <laughs> just taking a chicken through why tsa is a suspicious raw chicken yeah raw chicken yeah. Yeah. I mean, chickens are not, you can pretty much buy a chicken anywhere. I don't know many countries that don't have chickens available. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you need one so badly to bring it on the plane? Raw, I think it was <clears throat> to try to, con- yeah. To conceal firearm, right. Interesting stats that came out of the article as well. So 700 guns were brought through TSA checkpoints at airports in Florida just, just this Florida. year. Florida. Yeah. Nearly all of them were loaded and most had ammunition in the chamber. That's it's pretty- Scary, yeah, I, you know, and, and from an accidental discharge perspective, just people having these guns in the airport. Um, uh, yeah, I don't you care. Know, no, no, leave your gun at home. Um, and don't stuff it in a chicken is the lesson learned here. <laughs> yes. All
1: right. This next one, as we mentioned in the beginning, Airbnb is getting more transparent about prices and rolling out more reasonable checkout rules. As we've seen over the last year, there's been a lot of backlash against Airbnb because the thing it lists on the map and the prices when you click on the Airbnb is not at all what the actual costs are because it doesn't include the cleaning and service fees. So now they're rolling that into their daily cost and overall rate the thing it will still exclude is taxes at the end of this is some of the checkout stuff and bob you saw this when you were searching through one of your airbnb's that they were going to try to make you do the dishes
0: yeah and it's it's pretty common do the dishes some of them you know they want you to vacuum uh do the like put the sheets through the laundry
1: and they still have a cleaning service fee
0: and in, 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 Yeah. In addition to the cleaning service fee. yeah, And so it started to get out of hand and people, I think the people spoke and Airbnb listened and, um, they're changing it because it started to get more expensive than hotels. And also you had to do chores. So people yeah. started the backlash. And I think Airbnb clearly saw that they were going to lose uh, guests to back to, to hotels. Um, yeah. and they, they started to change it, which makes sense. Um, I really like the CEO of Airbnb. I don't know if anybody pays attention to that, but he seems like a really cool guy. I think he hasn't been on the podcast. Well, we can try. Do you know how Airbnb started? I don't, no. He started renting an air mattress on the floor of his apartment in New York to friends and then to people online and then rolled it into a multi-billion dollar travel company. Pretty impressive stuff. All right. (laughs) So uh, do you eat at the air the uh the terminal at the airport
1: i try not to only in dire situations while i eat at an airport terminal i will try my best to eat beforehand to bring snacks or to just go to like one of those uh bookstores whatever they have those little shops and try to grab like nuts or something high calorie that will fill me up
0: just something to hold you over. Yeah. yeah. So the, there was a really interesting and actually kind of funny article on this. They referenced uh Seinfeld, where Jerry Seinfeld is talking to his friends and essentially is complaining that a tuna sandwich at the airport was nine dollars. Now, adjusted for inflation, that tuna sandwich would cost $19. Which and, actually sounds about right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's 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 cheap for an airport yeah, <laughs> tuna I know. sandwich. Um so his whole point, uh, the whole joke of the the skit, was that the airline industry really only revolves around selling tuna sandwiches, <laughs> and, and that's polite. really the main business. Um, so, but it's it's true, and it's really sad. Earlier, we did we talked about a twenty seven dollar beer sold at JFK that someone posted online that actually started a regulatory review of airline pricing, which resulted in a max, um, surcharge of 10%. And that's for New York city airports, which I don't know if that includes Newark, but definitely JFK and LaGuardia. Um, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. like
1: a very beneficial purpose of social media.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's mind boggling that they could charge so much. I also, so I bring a refillable water bottle. Yep, always same. I usually pack a few apples. And then I usually, um, pack a few protein bars. Okay. And so oh, also
1: it's good to be rich.
0: Yes. Being rich helps. So if you're rich, you, you don't, don't need have to listen worry about to this it. anymore. You can, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're good. You're, you're you whatever you want. buy your $19 tuna sandwich with your $27 beer. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, but crazy. if you're rich,
1: it probably makes more sense to get the TSA pre-check because your time is even more valuable, right? Right. There.
0: So you get the TSA pre-check, then you get a few $27 beers, um, and that'll mm- cancel it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh I think I'm calling it right now. We we have a full uh national boycott on all <laughs> airport everybody <laughs> it here. Yep. So we'll start it here and uh no one will buy anything at the airport anymore and eventually they will lower their prices. Um now I don't know what the solution is. It's funny seeing that f- it's been a problem since at least nineteen ninety, I'm sure well before oh, absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. Unreal. So
1: this next one is is important to Bob and I because we like to travel, and more importantly, we both have young kids now, and we would like to travel with our kids. And so a mom recently posted on Instagram about traveling with her kids, and she has essentially been berated by people saying that it is rude and inconsiderate to travel in and bring your baby with you in public places, like on an airplane, bus, train or other public places. And this is kind of frustrating because a, uh, they are, the mom is more concerned about it than you are, first of all, and the parent in general and B babies are, as she said, a vital part of society and should be allowed in public. I mean, we're hiding babies now and there is no community of support. It's really just, it, it is almost up to the mother and the father to essentially care for and shield shelter these babies away from the public
0: the the entitlement of an individual to say you can't bring your baby or you shouldn't bring your baby on this plane because it's going to ruin my experience on this plane is is phenomenal like i just i can't quite 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 grasp that mentality um and just put in
1: AirPods. i mean they have noise canceling if you're so
0: concerned about it this should not be a discussion. Again, as the woman stated, babies are part of society. And if you want people, young children, to be able to be on an airplane, they need to learn how to be on an airplane. And yeah. they do that by starting early. And the more yes. times these infants or these young children get to experience an airplane, the more they'll understand how to act and how to behave. Yeah. So you need to allow these people, <laughs> these babies, you know, to 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 live. Um, yes. What a, what a shield- crazy person. I it's know. The
1: more way. we shield our kids from public places, the more issues we have down the road later in yeah, life. It's the with same with
0: restaurants and not everything. Not
1: being involved in the community and not having a sense of individuality.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah, again, the entitlement of the individual to think that that, that that trip revolves around them by any means. If you're on public transit, expect to deal with the public. And yes. that includes babies. That includes... Uh, people who have loud conversations. That includes rude people, arrogant that includes people, people that smell bad. Yeah, that's like unfortunately, you have to deal with those people. And yeah. if you go out into the world, acknowledging that those people exist, when you actually come in contact with them, you won't be that upset because you already are anticipating yeah. it. This is
1: this just became your mindfulness podcast of the there week. There you go. There um, you go. But no, you're you're right. You can't if you don't want any of that. Then charter your own flight. Get your own private car, your own private train? Yeah.
0: That she did. Ha- and and, and in, not in her defense, but there, there seems to be a lot of people who actually supported her as well, as yes. we are right now, um, who want to travel with kids. So if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, travel with your baby. Yep. Teach your baby to travel the world. And you know what? When you do that, your baby, your kid won't end up being one of these entitled a-holes. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> that, exactly. that think you shouldn't travel with children. So And if you
1: think Bob and I are biased because we have young children, just know that we have been in support of moms traveling with kids before we even had our own kids.
0: Yeah, I want everybody to travel. I think think a a more traveled population is a happier, more empathetic population. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Bob. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Elliot. All right, let's move on. All right. What do we got? So the happiest state in the United States of America is not on the continental United States. And I already know you know the answer. So I'm not going to ask you as a trivia, but it is Hawaii. Duh. Right. Can we give a duh to that? I, I think yeah. th- that would have been, if I had to guess what was the happiest state in the United States, I would have, I would have probably guessed Hawaii. Um, and it's not, it's, it's,
1: it's actually by a pretty big margin too, right? Uh, right? the total score was according to, uh, was the, was the survey done by wallet hub?
0: Uh, I believe so.
1: Okay. Yes, so, it was. It was. Um, they they have certain metrics that you know calculate all of this, but Hawaii ended up with a score of sixty six point three one. Um, I don't know what the top score would be, but Maryland was actually number two at sixty two point six, and that's actually a pretty big jump of about four points between Hawaii and Maryland because Minnesota came in at sixty two point four three. So mm-hmm. having four points above the second means Hawaii is significantly higher
0: significantly happier i mean how could you be in a bad mood when you live on hawaii no it's it's no i've never been though i don't know pretty... been, I don't been been what i'm missing no. oh man i'll take you there okay. um so some of the things that they measured were metrics such as adult depression rates adequate sleep rates life expectancy and suicide rates hawaii has the lowest percentage of adult depression in the country at 12.9 percent which is 2.1 times lower than west virginia the wow. state with the highest. Um, they also have a Hawaii also has very low divorce rates and high life expectancy. Wow. Uh, Maryland was number two with the, one of the lowest suicide rates nationwide and Minnesota then came in third. Um, pretty interesting stuff. So what else so do we have here? So where's, where's
1: Pennsylvania, New Jersey on this
0: list? So New Jersey came number two, only behind Hawaii for emotional, physical, and well-being. Number 28 for work environment and number 19 for community environment. Pennsylvania did not even make the top 15 here. We're according to this number 27. Number 27, right in the middle of the pack, kind Mm, of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Overall. Yeah. No, Um, not
0: not great. Um, I was surprised to see number two for new jersey for emotional and physical well-being that's that's for those of you listening that's my home state i I live in new jersey Elliot lives in pennsylvania that's why we we picked those two out um yeah number two um i don't know who else would be number two like who i would put in place of that um but i was surprised to see new jersey yeah it's a pretty good state i do like it here uh Huh. I don't know. Maybe like Colorado. I always feel like people who live in Colorado are super happy with That's the mountains yeah. and all that marijuana. How can you not be happy? <laughs> Where did they end <laughs> up? Uh, let's see.
1: Um, Colorado ended up in thirtieth.
0: Wow! In their overall rank.
1: In their overall rank, yeah. Wow. Compared to their neighbor Utah, which ended up number four. Interesting. Yeah. Very
0: interesting. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know what that is. So, yeah, I mean, just to run through, let's just run through top 10. So number one, Hawaii, number two, Maryland, number three, Minnesota, number four, Utah, number five, um, New Jersey, number six, Idaho, seven, California, eight, Illinois, and nine, Nebraska, 10, Connecticut. Yep. So those are the top 10 overall. And then you could actually sift through the three parameters, emotional and physical well-being, work environment, and community environment, which will change the order. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting.
1: And you can actually, I mean, we have the link to the article, so you can actually see how the metrics were weighted and all that good stuff. Similarly, to tie into this, we have a new list this year, and it's the best places to retire in the U.S. in 2022 and 2023. And we should caveat this by saying that this goes into strictly existing data and statistics and does not factor in subjectivity, such as uh, environmental and uh, temperature preferences. So yeah, like if you prefer a humid hot climate, then you know, the southern states would wait more as opposed to cooler arid snowy environments where the northeast and the central midwest states.
0: So, so they didn't and they did not use they, those parameters. They did right. not.
1: No, it was mostly focused on uh and I can give you this here. So job market index, value index, So job market index is a factor of unemployment. Average salary value index is annual household income and annual housing cost. And then quality of life index, which looks at a bunch of different factors, such as crime, healthcare, education, well-being, commuter index, and air quality index. And then there's desirability, essentially amenities nearby. And then a small portion of it is net migration, whether people are moving to or away the metro area. So. If you're a Pennsylvania native or you living in Pennsylvania, currently Lancaster PA is number one on this list and has actually been in the top 10 quite a bit. Lancaster has had a significant uptick in, uh, growth in overall feel. Um, I think, is it Alton Brown, the, the food guy from the, that TV show mm, who, not familiar has said that uh lancaster is his favorite city in the u.s wow yeah um harrisburg pa is number two Mm -hmm. pensacola is number three tampa is number four york is number five naples is six daytona beach is seven ann arbor michigan is eight allentown pa is nine and Reading, pa is ten so red or pennsylvania has five on here florida has four and then michigan
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like we, I, I'm not sure. Like, if I had to pick a place to retire, I don't know if I would pick any on this list. But again, there for certain parameters. Now that being said, Lancaster, Pennsylvania is beautiful. Yes, I agree. I I met you out there. I guess it's been over a year ago now. But a minute. The the downtown is awesome. The restaurants are really good. Really good local food. Uh, great commercial district with a lot to do. Yeah. Um. Beautiful surrounding area. The buildings are all really nice, very clean. So, and and again, using these parameters, which are low cost of living, low taxation, that ma- it does make sense. That it, it, it does but seem it, like a great place to live.
1: But it's also yeah, the amenities are big. The yeah. Um. The affordability of housing is big, but it's also income. Like the the annual median income is actually a little bit higher.
0: Right. Okay. And yeah, that's where yeah, that's
1: how they factor these and uh, I mean again this list is objective based on those metrics. If you change yeah. the metrics and change the weighting scores of certain things then th- we would have an entirely
0: different list. Yeah. I, yeah, this is probably one of the only lists that have this many Pennsylvania towns. Normally, I mean except for a list of best places to retire in Pennsylvania. It, right. <laughs> Traditionally when you see these best places to retire in the United States, it's Florida, uh, the Carolinas normally dominate the list um usually coastal towns and stuff like that so this is interesting now is it interesting now are those
1: the best places to retire or the most the places that are most likely to retire because i think affordability is
0: extremely low in those places right well definitely along the beach line it's it's very expensive um yeah i think once you go inland a little bit it's probably much cheaper but yeah i don't i don't really know i haven't really looked too much into retiring yet yeah, uh, no? moving to retirement. Are you in the only United a few States. years away? Working on it, working yeah. on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to retire right. in Spain. So okay. <laughs> once I figure out the taxation. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Uh, this, this month, month.
1: Yeah, we have Charles Velli, who is the most traveled person in the world, and we do caveat that in the beginning of the episode, which uh he jockeys back and forth with a buddy of his. Yeah, then- but
0: truly, most likely, like. Either number one or number two, the yes. most traveled person in the world. That is not some sort of sensational headline. Like no, that's it's not. backed up with real, uh, data.
1: Like obscure places yes. that I've never even heard of. Like, have you been doing Worldle still? Those no, I have not geography been doing Wordle. The spin-off Whirlpool. of Whirlpool. yeah you know, no some, of those, some of those islands on there, he's actually mentioned that I've never heard of. Didn't even know existed. Didn't even yeah. know that there were islands in those places.
0: Well, and, and for him, even like the easy places, like like if he'll put France on his list, he not only went to France, he not only went to Paris and Nice, he went to the most obscure small towns and regional areas of France. And that's just one example. So yeah. really, really one of the most traveled, one or two of uh, in the entire world.
1: Yes. And then the second person we have this month is Enshula Varma, and she does a uh, basically a breakdown of all of her travel book recommendations it was an awesome yeah conversation that was a fun conversation about going to bookstores and every destination what she looks for and then some of her favorite travel books um that she yeah. likes to read and some of them aren't even travel
0: related believe it or Ooh, not <laughs> all right Okay. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you love this show and want to support us in a financial way, as little as $1 per day to help aid in the production costs for the software programs that we use, you can do so uh, with the link in the show notes or the link on our Instagram um, and buy us a coffee. Uh, we also, if you don't want to support us in a financial way, if you just like us and even you, you wouldn't mind sharing the podcast, that goes a uh, really far away and satisfying the social media algorithms so that we get more eyes on our posts and therefore get more ears on the podcast oh i like uh, that that's new yeah it was new i yeah. made that up yeah i did nice <laughs> and uh and and really um but ultimately as long as you're a fan of the show we we are very gracious uh towards that and thank you for being a listener to the podcast tune in next week